Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. You can be seated. We're going to be doing something a little bit different today. The last couple of weeks, Pastor Donald and I have been tag team preaching. So we're going to do it again today. We're going to uh, deliver a message today called Left on Red. Now, how many of y'all text? Anybody text? Anybody do that? Have you ever texted somebody and you knew they got the text? And then if you have an Apple phone, you see the little dot, 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 and they act like they're going to reply, but they're playing with you. And, and you know they have the text, but they don't respond. And then you know that they have it because now they have a way when they read it, it will say red. Have you ever been left on red? Have you ever been trying to communicate with somebody that wasn't wanting to communicate with you? How many of you know that communication is not solo? That when you talk to somebody, you actually have to respond and listen and talk back. So we're going to have a time today. Uh, we're we're going to learn a lot today. Oh, yeah, we have a little video bumper, so watch this. you've had that happen to you before where you've been left on red so we're going to talk about communication today baby you want to share the text yes it's so important colossians 4 6 though says this let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt so that you may know how you ought to answer each person so today we're going to talk about left on red we're going to talk about communication and this is taking a lot of discipline for jim Rayleigh because you know jim Rayleigh wants to stand up and preach but we're going to talk a little bit, teach a little bit. I'm going to preach at the end. But how many of you know the only difference between teaching and preaching is teaching is telling it and preaching is yelling it. Come on. But tell your neighbor, say, I'm growing up. I'm growing up. How many of you want to grow in the Lord? Amen. So let's talk about it, babe. Amen. You want to open with prayer? Sure. Father God, we just thank you for this time together. And our desire as Christian homes is to, is to live them communicating the way you would have for us to communicate with one another. Lord, we just ask for your mighty hand, your anointing, your, your grace, your favor, your blessing to be upon this time together. God, that we would grow in our homes and grow together in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're ready to grow, shout, oh yeah. Here Amen. we go. So what is communication? That's what we're talking about today. We learned a lot about the dysfunctional family last week. Yeah. All right. And so this week we're talking about communication. Some homes, they have no communication. Right. You know, some homes have a lot of communication in the wrong way. So what is communication? Communication is linked to the word common. When we communicate, we find out what we have in common with another person. And I believe one of the greatest agendas of the devil is to convince people that they can't communicate because they don't have anything in common with someone. I believe that's how the enemy wants to keep our homes divided. He wants to keep marriages divided, yeah. even churches divided. But today in this house, we are proving him wrong yeah. because we know in this house we have hope in common. We have faith in common. Come on, we have need, need for the Lord in common in this place. We have God's word in common. And most of all, we've got Jesus in common Come in this on. place. If you have Jesus in common with your neighbor and with folk behind you and folk all around you, if you are a Jesus lover, I want you to give Jesus a great big praise Amen. in this room. Come on. We got all kind of people here. Think about that. 
We got all kind of racial backgrounds, all kind of all kind of uh, socio socioeconomic backgrounds. We're all from different places. Many of us eat different kind of food, but at the end of the day, we come around in this place and we got so much in common. And Jesus unites us all. Just before we teach this word, why don't you praise the Lord that you're in a house where we share Jesus in common? Hallelujah! I love that, babe. That's good. Amen. So let, let's start with uh, communication that can seem almost impossible, and that's communication between a man and a woman. <laughs> you know that, that other species you look at in your house sometimes, and you say, I wonder where they came from. Yes. Hey, it's a two-way street. <laughs> no. So don't get all of it. It's all about the men. Come on, men. Sometimes we look and we're like. I know it's both ways. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> So let's clarify in the beginning what communication is and what communication is not. Communication is not yelling. Mm. Communication is not just talking. Communication is even more than just listening. Communication is more than talking to be heard or listening to respond. You know, some people talk only to be heard and they listen only to respond. Now think about that. Some people, they never communicate to connect with you they want to communicate with you only because they want you to hear what they have to say. I grow weary of, of interacting with people who only want me to hear what they have to say, but they're uninterested in what I have to say. That's not communication when you talk only to respond. You need to talk to relate, talk to hear. That's right. Communication happens when you speak and you listen, not just to respond, but also to relate and to connect. That's why it's so important that we have small groups and that you get involved in a small group, is that you, that you are communicating with other people. You're relating about life. You're, you're, you're understanding I'm not in this thing alone, and, and it helps you to grow. Now, I love communication because out of communication flows relationships. So if you want a relationship, that means you're relating with a person. And you can't relate with someone without communicating with them. So I want to jump all into this and talk about the differences, don't I do, in how men and women communicate. And I was, I was reading this week, and I was blown away by an article that I read. And it said that the, the differences in communication between men and women don't just start once you're an adult. It, it starts all the way back in preschool because Harvard University tape recorded preschool boys and preschool girls playing on the playground. And the girls are on the playground. They're, they're speaking in full sentences. You know, they're talking about the tea party. They're talking about all the things that they're going to do. And they're communicating with each other. 100% of the time, the girls are just talking back and forth, but not the guys. The boys are talking about 50% of the time in structured sentences. The rest of the time, they're going pow, 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 pow. Urgh, yeah. Mm. And boys are groaning and moaning and shooting and carrying on and making muscles. And half the time, men are saying things that don't make sense. And the women said, you've missed a good place to say amen. But we are so different. You know, I was reading, though, and, and the truth is we communicate differently because women, listen, you women, y'all speak 20,000 words a day. 20,000. We know. And men speak about five to 7,000 words a day. So you're, you're speaking at least three to four times more than we are. And it blows my mind because, you know, I, I just say things. I say what I want to say. I'm clear about it. I'm concise about it. But Dawn, no, sir. Ooh, she talks a long time just a long, it's so different because when I want to say something, I'm able to just say it. You know, it's the truth. Yeah. So I'm going to show you a video that kind of proves this okay. point a little bit. No, you got to watch this video because we were filming yeah. a TV in and out together and the staff took it. They, they were so cracked up by it that they've kept it all these years because Dawn's hair is a different color. Your hair is always a different color. That don't matter. But I had a beard. So it was back when I was wearing a beard, and the staff cracked me up because they, they, two or three times, they brought it up close to my face and saw the expression on my face. This, this is what, this is how we feel. I think I'm, you're going to see yourself, brothers, in this, and ladies, you're going to see yourself. Isn't that right, babe? Probably so. So watch this.
as he unfolds what the Word of God speaks about relationships in many different areas that we battle in our lives. The title of this message is Shame Off You. The enemy would try to keep the... Okay. You're talking a long okay. time. Okay. I was going to jump in and you just took everything and I'm thinking she going to leave me anything to say. Okay, okay. okay. We'll start again. No, Unless you want to just cut it off or, or should no, I start no, again? No, let's okay. do it again. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, so it was really good. Yeah, I just kept getting Okay, well, I'll just quit. You see what I'm trying to say? This is what goes on behind she the scenes She talks sometimes. for a long time. She really does. We will talk on the phone. She will call, and I'm, I can't say nothing. It's like uh, sometimes I just say, honey, honey, I, I, I would like to respond. Because if, like, if I'm going to tell you, meet me at the Chick-fil-A, I'm going to say, listen, I'm hungry. Let's meet at the Chick-fil-A. Don will tell me, listen, I want to meet at the Chick-fil-A because yesterday I went to another restaurant and they did not get my order right and I have been struggling. Then I came home and then Courtney was there and Channing came in and then Pate said he didn't even like it. So now, and then while I was there, my mama called and my mama was telling me about it and I'm just saying, all I want to do is meet at Chick-fil-A. So we're different because, Dawn, you know, I love you, babe, but you talk a long time. Okay. So women are known to talk three times many words than men. We, we get that. Yeah. yeah. So let, let's talk about some of the differences between male and female communication. First thing about women is this, and I know you're going to relate. When women talk about something, they are usually just looking for someone to listen and understand what they are going through. We are just looking for an engaged listener. Can I get a witness? We are sorting our feelings out. We are just sharing our heart. We are working it all out. First Even of as all, we're talking right now, all, hold, hold you up, see? Hold up, men do not share. That is a very <laughs> feminine thing. Men hash it out, we talk it out, but we, we don't. That, that's a woman thing to share. Yeah. So we're not really asking for their advice, right? We're just wanting to share how we're feeling and looking to be supported. But men, on the other hand, communicate with the goal of solving a problem. Come on, brothers. Or finalizing a decision. Can I get a witness with the men? Help me help you. I'm trying to help you up there. I know. I know that that's where that's where you come in and as soon as I start telling my husband about a, a situation I encountered that day, his mind starts going. You know, that's what's happened. He's sitting there listening, his mind starts going trying to figure out how to help me fix this. Right. I'm not bringing it to him to fix it. I'm just telling it to him. But his his understanding and thinking is I'm going to have to help him help her fix this situation that she's telling me. And I don't always bring it to him to fix it. I fix stuff. He's a fixer. That's my job. And I'm trying to help, but I don't always help because I've come to find out that sometimes she's not telling me because she wants me to fix it. She's telling me because she wants me to hear her. And not only does she want me to hear her, she wants me to relate to her. Right. Is that right? That's right. But I do have to say that that is one thing that I really cherish and do value about him. And for married couples in that way. Y'all, get me a catcher. I'm about to fall out. <laughs> that, no, that when he does step in and he does start trying to give me suggestions about the situation, I don't take it as he's trying to tell me what to do or he's trying to boss me around, but that he's trying to help me through it. He's trying to help me overcome it. In his mind, he, he's trying to help me conquer whatever it is, you know, that I'm talking about. And many times, I will admit, my feelings will make a situation exaggerated. Can you imagine that? And his perspective coming in will bring me back to the center. Come on, yeah. it, it'll, it'll balance me back out and help me see, you know, the situation is not as intense as what I thought it was. And, you know, there are times when, when men, we need to be realized 
that maybe the things we don't think are a big deal are actually a big deal. So we have to find that balance. And, and that's where you learn to communicate with each other because you, you said today that men usually avoid talking about their feelings. Yes, but men don't usually share their feelings as much as women do because, you know, men are supposed to be able to handle their feelings and, and, and overcome these things. So they're usually not that. But one thing that my husband is, is he is a fixer. Yes. And so he's going to try to fix it. He, he's going to, he's got preacher friends. They live in a whole nother state, but he'll find out that they're going through something He's, he's sitting in the house trying to fix it. Yes, sir. He's trying to figure it out for them, what, what they can do to help them get through this situation because he just tries to fix everybody. Come on. And if anybody is in a dilemma, there he goes. Hey, I'm going to fix it. you before you leave. If you give yeah. me a chance, I've been fixing people a what long time. Sunday. I'll fix you. Tell every your neighbor, Pastor's going to fix you before you leave. Yeah, I'm going to fix you. So when we look at the differences in the way that we communicate, you know, we see that women want to share their emotions and thoughts where men, men don't share their feelings as much. We, women communicate to build relationships, don't we? Uh, we, we, we communicate often just to, to, to come together, build friendship, build relationship. And women are often found communicating all day long. Come on, we, we're communicating all day long. We're more in the social part of it, building that relationship where men communicate with that clear purpose, like I said, that coming to a decision or that finding a solution. So they're often going to be communicating at work. They're communicating more at work. Sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll come home from work and all of a sudden they are so quiet. Your husband will walk in the door from work and he is so quiet because he's been talking all day long. He's been solving. He's been fixing. But, but we, we, talk, we take that silence as, man, he just does not even care. He doesn't want to talk to me. He's ignoring me. He's ignoring me. Uh, but no, honey, he's just needing a break. Come yeah. on. He, he's needing his mind just to have a break there. And sometimes we just need to like let them have that silence, not think that it's just a direct attack on us, but that he's just needing that break in that moment and to allow him to have that moment to, to exhale. And then we can begin communicating. There's been times where I've had stressful times at work. I've been on the road. I've been struggling. And I'll come home and, you know, she'll present something to me and I'll just say, hey, I just need a minute. I just need a second. Because, see, men, when we communicate, our communication mostly revolves around we want to solve a problem. We want to fix an issue. We want to make a decision. And women are ready to come home. They want to talk to you about what happened at work. They want to tell you everything that went on. They want to tell you every moment, every second. And men are just, we're more concise usually when we communicate. And then if you, uh, there was a season where you stayed home and you were a stay-at-home mom. And if you are a stay-at-home mom and your man comes home and you've been talking to preschoolers all day long, you want to communicate with someone that you don't have to use your baby voice. Come on. You want to say something other than, did you go pee-pee in the potty? Can I get a witness here? So here's what I've come to understand. Here's what you need to do, men, what, what I think works to communicate with your wife or communicate with the opposite sex. You need to think about what she's saying and how it might make her feel. If you can understand that she's talking to you from a place that matters and try to think about what she's saying and what she's trying to convey to you. And the next thing that is very important on both parts, and I was raised in a house that had a lot of yelling and a lot of fussing. Don't, get, don't have your house full of yelling. Just make up in your mind that you're not going to yell and fuss at each other. Listen, men, don't yell at your woman. It, it doesn't prove that you're all that tough if you have to yell at a woman. And certainly never put your hands on her. Come on, somebody. But in the same way, women don't yell at your men. Would you say, well, pastor, she's supposed to submit to me. Have you been reading the word of God? If you were a word preacher, you would know, pastor, that the Bible says. Don't you love it when the Bible thumpers start telling you what the Bible said? It says that women should submit themselves to their own husbands. And by the way, make sure you submit to your own husband, not nobody else's. Come on, somebody. That's just free right there. 
but it, submit yourself to your husbands. And we leave it right there, men, but we don't read the rest of it where it says that husbands love your, the, the, your wives as Christ loves the church and laid his life down from the church. If you lead your wife in such a way where she knows you'll lay down your life for her, that you love her, there's nothing you will withhold from her, you will honor her. Let me tell you, she ain't gonna have no trouble submitting to you. Can I get a witness, women? Because the word of God works. So we are different and we're different in how we communicate. So, so we, and so of course, it's how we listen. So men listen differently than women. And women, you know, you women will talk and you'll nod and you'll smile and do all this. Men don't do that. We don't just sit around and go, yeah, that's right. Men are looking each other over. We're kind of sizing each other up. What's he saying? Is this dude for real? Let me check this out. And this is the way we communicate. So when we're sitting there looking and listening, you think we're not engaged. But in reality, we are. But brothers, you're going to have to do something. That means you're going to have to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, after about three, every three minutes, just go, mm-hmm, uh-huh. Let us know you're there. Yeah, go, you're hearing uh, it. And I'll tell you what else works. Mm. Just grunt. Mm. I'm telling you, there have been times we've been riding down the road, y'all, and she's just been talking, 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 looking at me. Mm, yeah, uh-huh. And I don't, I'm not saying I always know what's going on. But man, when I look over there, uh -huh, yeah, yeah, it makes such a difference. In reality, you know, there are some good words that you can say, okay, okay, okay. You know, there, isn't it funny how there are different words that have many different meanings? One word, like the word okay, the word okay can mean okay, it can mean okay, it can mean okay, 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 okay. It can, what, what, what? It, it can mean, you know, there's so, there's like one word responses that you can actually say a lot. The point is this, you have to listen and you have to engage because that's what your girl needs. She's yes. looking for quality time. Is that right? Yeah, well, that's my love language. Okay, yeah. Her love language is quality time. What's my love language? Physical touch. Glory. Hallelujah. Come on, brothers. And words of affirmation. Come on, brothers. And words of affirmation. Both mine, is, mine is physical touch and affirming words. So if you touch me and you tell me I look good, hey, baby, I'll, I'll do anything day. for you. Hallelujah. Yeah. No, but what we just want you to understand is to think about how the other actually listens you know a woman is gonna nod she's gonna let you know yeah keep on talking yeah I'm hearing you where a man has that straight face and he's just focusing because pretty soon as soon as he it hits him he's gonna interrupt you with some advice yeah. isn't that how it is yeah. but as women sometimes we can take that straight face and we can take that that just focused look as he does not want to be here with me right now. He is tuned out. He is listening to something else, but he, is, he does not care. He is not paying attention to what I'm saying. No, he, he just, that is just a man's way that they listen, you know? And so it's just understanding one another, understanding the differences that, that can help our communication be better and, and to just respond better to each other. Men, men respond to encouraging words, like yeah. he talked about. Words of affirmation, positive feedback, you know, they, they, they respond to that, not nagging. Not nagging. Somebody say that out loud. Don't nag the man. Come on, don't. Listen, don't nag. Don't, don't, it doesn't work good. I, you know, I had, I had a dream one night, and I dreamed that I went to heaven. And there was a sign that said, Henpacked Husbands. And everybody was standing in it, including me. And then I looked, and Pastor Anderson, there was a sign over here that said, Non-Henpacked Husbands. And Pastor Anderson was standing in that line. Stand up, Pastor Anderson. Yes, I had a dream, and he was standing in that line. And I walked over to him, and I said, Wait a minute. I know Jessica was sweet, but surely you ain't telling me that you wasn't henpacked. Anderson said, All I know, Pastor, is this is where Jessica told me to stand, and I ain't moving until she says I can move. <laughs> That's funny right there. I don't care who you are. Listen, 
Don't 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 nag a man because it, it's it's an intense thing, honey. Yeah, that's not the way you want a positive household because uh, that the husband's not going to respond too much of that nagging. But let me tell you, women, how to be the husband whisperer. Are you ready? The husband whisperer. The husband whisperer. Some of y'all ought to be taking notes right now. That's right. I'm kind of interested in this myself. Two two words that we learned from preschool: please and thank you. How about that? That's three words. That's three. <laughs> I just fixed it. Did you see that? You see that? Please and thank you. You know, and instead of nagging, instead of bossing, just to be kind and ask, hey, would you please? I'll tell you one thing that works even better with that is to touch when you say it. Honey, please. Yes. Would you mind taking this garbage out? Of course. <laughs> of course. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll do anything for you. <laughs> yes, I will. Yeah, you know, it changes something about, you it touch does. a man, he's, he's, That's yes. right, just, just, if, you're, if you're married right now, just reach over and touch your husband. Yeah, yeah. You don't know. touch nobody else's husband. <laughs> I done told y'all about that. Don't make me come down there. Yeah. But men don't want to be bossed, you know? But what I have found is that kindness, hey, even the empathy card, honey, this, this thing is too big for me to handle. I need some help here. You know, I can't open this pickle jar. Oh, come on. <laughs> I need your help. Can you come out here and help me do this? Yeah, I mean, that, that just goes a, a much longer way than communicating with harsh words and bossing and nagging. And so I just know my husband, because he is a fixer. So if there's something that I can't do, but he's willing to fix, he's, he's willing to move on that. Yeah. And you know what? Communication is necessary in the home. It's necessary outside the home. And you have to learn to communicate with people. Because, listen, you will not advance in life if you don't know how to communicate. It is a necessary thing. And one of the things that we've been dedicated to is communicating with our children. You have to talk to your children. I, I heard something funny this week as I was reading and studying, and it, and it said how to make a teenager mad. And then the article started off by just say good morning. Come on. Because the truth is, teenagers are dealing with things, and your children are dealing with things. And you have to be committed to talking to and speaking to your children. We, we set aside time for our family. I've done some events here. I've hosted through the years pastor's conferences. And one thing that I do, I didn't do it this year because we're going to do it a little bit differently, but we host young pastors, and we usually cap it at 250, where we talk about all things ministry. And one of the things we do is we have a family section. And we, we bring our kids up, and we let those folks interview us. We are so blessed. Courtney, I'm so proud of you. You led worship today, baby. You did a great job. Dad's so proud of you, honey. And then Channing is running around here. She runs all of our social media. And Pate is on the way to being a mighty man of God in the name of Jesus. Somebody give the Lord a praise with me. I'm speaking that over my children. But uh, they, they asked our children that we were talking uh, with these guys, and we opened up for Q&A. And uh, one of the uh, pastors, one of the young pastors stood up and said, how did you handle the competition between the church and the family? How did you handle that? Because your dad, there were so many demands on him. How did, how did you handle that? And Courtney or Channing once spoke up and said, we never felt like the church was competition for us because we knew that our parents always chose us. They put us first. Let me tell you, I love this church, and there, there's not a whole lot that I wouldn't do for this church. Y'all are precious to me. But let me tell you this. Nothing matters more than my family and my children, and I hope that's the kind of pastor you want. You want your family first. So we committed to communicate with our children, communicate with our family. One of the things we did was just eat with them on a regular basis. Yep, absolutely. And, and around the table, we're not just sitting on our phones, you know, but when we're at home, we're talking and uh, talking about the day or talking about what we've done. And uh, that's so important that you communicate with your kids, you know, especially as as you as your kids grow older, who has teens or young 20s in your house still? And, you know, they, they're not as dependent on you as they were when they were four. When they were four, they're, they're coming to you about everything. They need you. So there is a natural communication. But as they grow and as they become teenagers and they get kind of their own thing going, they, you actually have to make 
and intentional that you go to them to find out what's going on in your yeah. life because they're going to sit there with their friends or zero in on what they're wanting to do. And so as parents, we make it intentional to go in and always open that door of communication, letting them know, hey, whatever you're going through, this door is always right. open. You always come to mom and dad and, and keep that. Because the thing that hurts my heart a lot is if I'll hear um, my kids talk about friends or something, they say, man, they, they don't feel like they can talk to their parents about anything. Right. You know, they never, they never go to their parents about these kinds of situations. They don't have that, that relationship. You know, and your parent, your kids, especially as teenagers, they need you now in those years right. to be a sounding board for them more than they did when they were little. So here's the deal. You, if you have kids, you got to communicate with your kids. It's important. It's necessary. Fathers, talk to your sons. Fathers, talk to your daughters. Uh, I still, even though my girls are grown, I love to just say, hey, y'all want to go get coffee. You want to go hang out a little bit, and we spend some great time together. But I'm going to tell you this. You have to be in your preteen and your teenager's business, okay? You have to listen to me. If you're a single mom, if you're whoever, however you're raising your kids, a blended family, you must stay in their business. It is your business to know their business. They are not grown. They may think they're grown. They, may, they are not grown. They're 12 years old. They're not making the best decisions. Stay in their business. Know the passwords to their telephones. Y'all ain't saying amen now, but it's the truth. Well, I just want my son, I want my daughter to be independent. No, you're going to be independently grown crazy if you don't know what's going on in their lives. You need to, they don't need to be able to Google whatever they want to Google. They don't need to be able to go on YouTube and watch whatever they want to watch on YouTube because YouTube is filthy sometimes. Come on, somebody. So you have to make up in your mind that you introduce things to your kid and you communicate with them in the process and say, this is what I'm going to allow you to do. Like with, with my son, I don't allow him to stay on games all the time where they're killing people 24 hours a day. I don't want, you know, I don't want my son to be playing games where they're shooting folks all the time. Sometimes I just say, sit right here and watch T.D. Jakes with me. Come on, somebody. I, you got to communicate with your kids and you got to stay in their business, but you've also got to do it in a way where it doesn't always seem like you're invading. Come on. There comes a time, babe, where we've been intentional to just tell our kids, hey, what's up? Let's talk. And, and sometimes when, they, when you communicate that way, it works better. Absolutely. So uh, here's a few tips to make sure your, your teen will come to you with any problem. First, communicate genuinely. You know, be, be interested about what they're telling you. Be interested about what they're going through. Genuinely interested. And just give them your undivided attention. So often as parents, we can be glued to that phone or distracted with some other thing. But giving them that undivided attention lets them know, hey, my mom or dad, they, they care about what I'm going through. I can come to them. Uh, put yourself in their shoes. Do you remember when you were 15? Oh, Woo! Yeah, the world seemed like it was coming to an end because that boy broke up with you. Yeah. But we can help no. them understand. We can help them understand and process those feelings and then guide them and help them navigate through the issues of life. And that's important. Now, I want to zero in just for a couple minutes on Paul's writing in Colossians 4, 6. He said, let your speech, somebody say always. Now, bring that up on the screen. It said, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Now, I want to take a little time, and I just want to pull from this text for a minute. I told you I was going to preach a little bit, but this is all about communication. Paul is writing a letter here to the church in Colossus, and the church in Colossus is in trouble. This is not a church that Paul started. This was a church that he actually won a convert. He won a, a, a man to the Lord in Ephesus, and he discipled this man, and this man went back to Colossus and started this church. And Paul is writing this letter because he's wanting to, so to solve a problem that's in the church. So he is communicating 
with this church. And he writes them and he says, let your speech always be gracious. And the reason that he's saying that is because false teachers had risen up in the church and the church was in crisis. The church was in trouble. And these teachers were actually teaching now that Jesus was not deity. What does that mean? They were saying that Jesus is not God. They were saying that he's not deity. And let me tell you something. If Jesus is not deity, we're in trouble because he doesn't have the power to save us, the power to heal us the power to deliver us, the power to set us free. He doesn't have power over demons and devils. But I'm so glad that I can sit in this stool this morning and tell you Jesus is God. Hallelujah. He's Lord over all. Glory be to God. So Paul writes this letter to Coloss because Coloss is in crisis. There's trouble. There's anger. Feelings are high. People are on the verge of causing this church to explode because they're yelling and they're fussing at each other and they're choosing up sides. And this was a potential powder keg that could bring this church down. And Paul became concerned about how people are treating each other. I want to tell you, don't underestimate the power of the enemy in a person's life when you start treating folk bad. Because the problem was that they were treating each other in a bad way. It's terrible to treat a stranger bad. It's even worse to treat your own family bad. I've seen folks that they are kind and gracious and good to everybody else, but mean as a snake when they get home. But I want you to, I want you, listen, man, I want you to save the best of you for when you get home. The kindest you needs to go home. Lady, the kindest you needs to raise your children. Don't be so kind to everybody else and then be cruel to your own family. So here's what Paul does. He's talking about communication and he says something that aggravates me. I'm just going to be real with you. It bothered me a little bit. Pray for me, y'all. Tell your neighbor, pray for the pastor. Come on, pray for me because I need the prayer and you need to practice. Come on, somebody. Pray, pray for me. Paul said, let your speech always be with grace. I was cool with it until he said always. I would have been all right if he would have said most of the time. I would have been okay if he would have put almost in front of it. But no, he had to cross the line, Pastor Don. He said, let your speech always be with grace. Some of y'all feel like saying, Paul, you have not met my mother-in-law. Some of y'all feel like saying, you don't know, you don't know, Brother Paul, have you met my family? Have you, have you met the folk that I got to interact with? Paul must not have had folk like I have in my life. Let me tell you, there are some people you can't speak graciously to them. I'm telling you, I, the anointing came on me and I told her off. Let me tell you something. The anointing never comes on you to cuss somebody out. That's just you and the flesh. Oh, I struck a nerve right there. I, I hit somebody right there. Oh, she had it coming. I felt the Lord come on me. I, you, The Lord never told you to cuss her out. You need to repent and do your first works again. Come on. See, see I, I told her about it. I gave her two snaps and a twist. Come on. I told him about it. I gave him two snaps and a twist. That's not the will of God. Paul said here, let your speech always be with grace. It's going to be quiet for a minute, but that'll be okay. Because the truth is, we have to learn to find the place when we're speaking to people that even aggravate us. We gotta find grace in our hearts and communicate with grace. Grace is a word, charis, which means, firstly, that which promotes sweetness and loving kindness and joy. Have you ever talked with people and just just when they open their mouth, it gets on your nerves. Oh, y'all don't sit here and be religious on me. There are some of y'all, when you see them, if you see their car at McDonald's, you drive on. Because listen, there are some people that seems like they are wired to get on your nerves. But if we're going to learn to be like Jesus, we've got to find grace in our speech. So we, we want to firstly have conversation that promotes sweetness, loving kindness, and joy. We want to do it with others, but we especially want to do it around the house. 
And then the word, the word grace or keros here means the word that brings a reward. So understand this. Good communicators who speak with grace experience great rewards. And that's wonderful relationships. One of the things that we have stayed dedicated to in 31 years, October 14th. Thirty-one years. Can you imagine? I know what you're thinking. She robbed the cradle. She did. <laughs> Thirty-one years. What have we been committed to, babe? Kindness. Kindness. Mm -hmm. I think we have weathered a lot of storms. Listen to me. If you want to get married or you're married or you're wanting a better relationship, we're not perfect, but we have learned to be kind to one another. We've learned to prefer one another. There's a couple, and you know, that this couple's not even together now, Jesus. We used to go out with them, remember? And they would order dessert, and they would fight over the dessert. They would get mad over who was eating more dessert than the other person. And, and, and I just thought, oh my goodness, it's a piece of pie. I, I would, almost every meal, I said, let me pie the next piece of pie, and y'all don't fight so we can have peace. Kindness is a big deal. I appreciate you, babe for being kind to me. Thank you for that. See, the Bible says, let your speech, here's what Paul said, let your speech always be full of grace and then let it be seasoned with salt. Now watch this, I'm gonna share with you a couple different things. Number one, what does salt do? Salt flavors your food. There ain't nothing like good conversation at the house. When you can talk to your mate and when you can have good, strong conversation, make it a priority to talk to your mate. Have good, strong conversation. Talk to one another. Men, even if you ain't talking, at least go, mm, not or something. But it means a lot, doesn't it, babe? When we talk to one another, it flavors your relationship. Say nice things to your wife. Push yourself. Tell her she looks good. Hallelujah. Tell her, come on. Say nice things to your wife. Say nice things to your husband. It'll flavor your relationship. Second thing that salt does, it, it salt stops decay. That's powerful to me. For many years, salt was used as the main way to preserve meat. Salt is a preservative. And if you don't want your relationship to spoil and decay, speak words that are seasoned with salt. Learn to say kind things to your mate. Learn to say kind things to each other. Seasons your words. Listen, sometimes we avoid communicating, and when we do, our relationships spoil. When we don't talk to each other, conversation, communication will stop, will stop decay. Do you want to say something? Just as you're saying that, just communicate during the hard times. Yeah. You know, if you're having a real dilemma, a tough situation that you're facing as a family, don't let it uh, put you off in your, in your own spaces and in your own worlds, but come together in, in the home and talk about it. Even if it's involving your whole family, you know, include the kids in there, but let there be communication yeah. so that there's not like this big question mark or any kind of confusion, but communicating to one another what's going on, how you're handling it. Right. It's something that your kids even need to watch you um, unfold before them so they know how to handle life situations. And listen, right now, some of you are raising kids. Watch this now. You, you put all your energy, all your effort into raising the kids, and when the kids are gone, you realize that I'm living with somebody that I have nothing in common with. So the way to stop your relationship from decaying, if you're not married, if you're going to get married, you need to hear me. If you are married, listen to me. Keep that communication line open. Now, the next thing I found out about salt is this. Salt has been used as a cleaning agent in the house. Morton Salt Company says salt can be used as a stain remover. The truth is there's some messes and some stains that will never be dealt with until you communicate. There's some things, some messes that have happened in your life. And how many of life stains would come out with some salt seasoned conversation? Salt seasoned conversations can deal with situations and circumstances that would stain your life. Listen, sometimes you have to be committed to making it right. 
Don't allow things to stain your life. Don't hold on to things, but sit down and communicate. Fourthly, it brings me to my fourth point. Salt promotes healing. If you have a sore in your mouth or you're, you have a sore throat, the doctor will tell you to gargle with salt water. Salt seasoned conversations can bring healing, uh, healing to, to wounded relationships. And there are times, y'all, when you have to have conversations and talk about the wounds and talk about the hurts. Because if you don't, you'll regret it. You have to reach out and say, listen, this hurt me, but I don't want to continue to hurt. I don't want to continue to carry this. So you have to communicate one with another. See, the truth is the enemy wants you to hold on to things. Hold on to things that have been done to you. Hold. He wants you to hold grudges. Come on. The devil doesn't want you to bury the hatchet. My dad used to say that that you would he knew pe people that would bury the hatchet, but they'd leave the handle out. Come on. And when they, when they were ready to pull that handle up, they could bring it up again. Have you ever known folks that are like that? They, they never quite forgive. They'll tell you they're going to forgive, and you can be riding down the road talking about where you want to go to dinner. Well, let's go to the Cracker Barrel. I don't want to go to the Cracker Barrel. Well, I was really wanting the Cracker Barrel. They see, that's just like you. I remember 10 years ago, and then they bring it all back around. See, sometimes you need to have a conversation. Some of you today are due some conversations that may not be easy, but they're going to be necessary. They're conversations that if you will have them, they will heal your today and make your tomorrow better. They're conversations that if you will have them with that sister, with that brother, I've made up in my mind I'm not going to be separated from people that I ought to love and that ought to love me. I've decided that. I'm going to be a man that reaches. There'll never be a day when I won't be reaching for my kids. They're going to know I love them every day. They're going to know I care about them every day. I tell them all the time. I tell them I love them. I decided. I decided. I tell Dawn I love her all the time. I decided that's the man I'm going to be. And I realized something, brothers. When I did that, it didn't make me weak. It made me strong. Because I grew up with a lot of stains, a lot of wounds, a lot of hurts. Truth is, if you knew my story, you'd be surprised that I made it here today, that I'm standing right here. I've had a lot of abuse in my life, lived through a lot of things. And I don't always share those things, but you'd be real surprised. But here's what I know. I have decided that I'm not gonna let my yesterday destroy my today. I'm not going to let what happened yesterday rob me of my tomorrow. So I made up in my mind that I was going to walk in forgiveness. I had some painful situations that I had to talk through. But watch this. Sometimes you forgive people who don't really want your forgiveness. Sometimes you, you take the salt out and you have that conversation and they don't want your forgiveness. And, and listen, here's the truth. They don't even desire it. They're not worried about it. But here's what I found out. My conversation with them may not have set them free, but I'll tell you what it did. It set me free. Maybe it didn't heal them, but it healed me. I found something out really interesting. I'm going to close with this. I was reading, and it says that it, it said that salt actually acts as a deodorizer. They said you can pour salt in a, in a garbage disposal. You can pour salt over your cutting board and it deals with stinky situations. Now, I know today in a crowd this size, there's some of you that's been dealing maybe for decades with a stinky situation and the devil wants you to ignore it. But the truth is, the longer you ignore it, the worse it's gonna stink. And the worse it stinks, the harder it is to deal with it. But this is your moment. This moment is for you to rise up and say, I'm going to communicate with you and I'm going to deal with this situation. Here's what Paul said. Paul said this. He, sa he said that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Here's the truth. You may know how you ought to answer each person. Here's what I've come to understand. You don't communicate with everybody the same, but you got to be dedicated 
to communicating with people. I don't deal with Courtney the same way that I deal with Channing. Courtney was different. Courtney stayed close to me. We would go to the pool. Courtney wanted to be right there. We would have a good time. Courtney was always right there. Channing's the opposite. We go to the same pool. Channing is two years old. She walks to the deep end with her little curly hair, steps off into the deep end of the pool, sinks to the bottom, and then gets mad when you rescue her. Come on. How many of y'all got kids like that? And they're different. But I want to know how to answer each one. I want to know how to communicate to each one. This is the day that you learn to communicate better. This is the day that you become a better man. This is the day that you become a better woman. This is the day that you become a better mother, a better grandmother, a better friend. Commit. How many of you are ready to be better? Come on, is there anybody here that actually believes you ain't maybe got it going on completely and you can do better? If you can do better, jump on your feet right now and give God a shout in the house. So here's the final question, and I'm getting ready to close. And what does that mean? Nothing. <laughs> here's the final, final question. Is there anybody in your life that you have left on red? Is there anybody in your life that you have left on red? Son, a daughter, a friend, a loved one, even your own mate. You might be sitting by him today, but they're left on red. This is the day, isn't it, babe? to make that thing right and communicate. Who wants to be a better communicator? Slip up your hands in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I decree and declare that you're gonna help us, Lord. You're gonna help us communicate better as husbands and wives. We're gonna understand each other. We're not just gonna seek to be understood, but we're gonna seek to understand. I pray for families here. I pray for single moms who are raising children. I pray for blended families, God, that are here today. And I pray for dads that are raising kids uh, all by themselves. All different kind of people are here today. But all of us need to communicate. And I pray, Lord, that you would open up understanding in people's lives that we may know how to answer each one. I pray, Lord Jesus, that as we learn to respond with grace and have salt-saturated conversations, that our relationships are going to improve and get better. I speak peace over homes. Come on right now, receive it. I speak peace over your house in the name of Jesus. I speak peace over your children in the name of Jesus. I declare your son will serve the Lord. I declare your daughter will be mighty. I declare your children will serve the Lord. I speak a strong marriage. I declare a strong household. I declare communication in your house. I bind every work of the enemy that would want to divide you from your family and from those that you should be in relationship with. I tell you, devil, you are a liar. You can't have our relationships. You can't have our children. You can't have our families. You can't have our marriages. You can't have our friendships. We take authority over you in the mighty name of Jesus. And we release good communication. And we thank you for it. If you receive it, make a little noise in the room. Come on, if you feel like you got better, make a little noise. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at Calvary, you can give online at calvaryofl.com or you can use our app. We hope this message encouraged you to experience the Spirit, embrace the lost, and live the life. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you soon.